So I started singing and people were like, oh my God, she can sing, it's crazy. <laughs> I was the church kid. I was the goody two shoes. I was the one that did all of the homework. I would be in church and doing my homework. Most days were good. Some days would be like, dang, like, okay, I'm sort of like an outcast in a sense. And most people are considered an outcast when they do the bad things. Mm. And so for me to kind of like be the outcast or the loner because I'm doing the right thing, it was really like confusing to me. What up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the RXS podcast. Today we have more than just a special guest in the building. We got family in the building. Gang, gang. Gang, 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 gang. Jaleesa Faye, how are you? I'm doing good, mom. What's up? What's up? You finally made it in the building. Finally. Finally This is like a long time in the making. very much a long time in the making. (laughs) I'm a little ashamed, but it's okay. <laughs> We're here now. That's yes, that's matters. all that matters. What you been up to lately? So I've been working. Yeah. Church, traveling, singing, yeah. teaching, coaching, doing yeah. stuff. Good did stuff. you did you ever think you would be using your gift on this level? Um, I feel like I did. I didn't I didn't know exactly how I would get to this level. So like the way it happened was really like not shocker, but just like, oh, wow. Okay, this is how it's going. Okay, uh, Lord, we're going this way. Cool, got so it. So you knew it would happen, but mm-hmm. you didn't know how it would happen. Correct. Correct. It That's was like interesting. the level was just like... Wow, this is okay. This is where we're going. Like, I gotta move. Oh, okay. That's yeah. that's what's gonna happen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. So let's talk. Let's before we talk about it, let's yeah. go all the way back to the beginning. Okay. First of all, where were you born? I was born in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Lauderdale. Hey, Lauderdale, Lauderdale. Hey, what was it like growing up there? Um, Fort Lauderdale. I grew up in like the hood. So okay, grew up in the projects. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's, I guess, like, not like any other hood in your area, but if you grew up in the hood, you, you know, we have those similarities. Yeah. Um, you know, you just, I'm running around outside, playing around with the neighborhood kids. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. Um, going to church. That yeah. was always a thing. My mom loves the Lord. Shout out to my mama. <laughs> okay. So I was always going to church. Um, I loved music. I went to school outside. Like, I wasn't, my school wasn't in the hood. Okay. So I went to Nova High School. Anybody in South Florida know about Nova High School. It was more so, even before I went there, it was like more so known as a predominantly Caucasian school. Okay. um, More of us started going out there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Like, I went to all the Nova schools, elementary, middle, high school, even my university. Went to Nova University. So, yeah, I went to school in Davie, Florida. Okay. Um, so growing up, I kind of had like the best of both worlds. Like I grew up in the hood, but then I went to school with a lot of different other yeah. uh, nationalities, ethnicities. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I had kind of like the really well-rounded um, childhood. But yeah, I was a music baby too. So yeah. That was so thing. when did you discover that you knew how to sing? Like how old were you? How old was I? So... I really started dancing before I was singing. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I was a dancer. My mom had me in like ballet class wow. and, and dance class and stuff like that. Um, when we went to, when we transitioned to Redeeming Word, which is my home church. Shout out to Redeeming Word. Yeah, shout out. Shout out. 
Um, when we went there, I was four years old and I started dancing there, but mm-hmm. I was always singing at the house. And my sister was the one that actually like found out that I could sing. I was probably three or four and she would like bring me in front of my mom, like, mom, listen to her sing. And after that, like my mom would just like secretly record me on a tape recorder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like she would go and sing at different like services, like do the sermonic solo or something that she would bring me with her. And then I would start harmonizing with her and singing with her. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So your mom sings. Yep. My mom sings. My sister sings. Um, my dad could carry a tune actually okay. as well. And my dad um, played the trumpet in high school. Oh, that's fire. So, yeah, music was all around. He can whistle actually very well. For real? Yes. And it gets on my nerves because it's like, why can you do runs when you're whistling? Like, he's that good. So he can whistle well, but not sing well. He can hold, like, like he can carry he, a note. But he can, like, he more fancy whistling than he is yeah, singing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So he's a fancy whistler. Um, now, if he had to, like, like say if my dad was in church and he had to do, like, devotional, he could do that. He could sing good enough to do that. Yeah. Like, sing, do devotion before. Yeah, like, he could do that. <laughs> he could. <laughs> but your mom was, like, the singer. My mom is the singer, for sure. My mom, my aunt. Yeah. Sings, like, the whole... Pretty much the whole family. Honestly, we're all very musical. My cousins, they dance as well um, as sing. So, yeah, it was a thing. So, once you started singing, did you put the dancing down? No. I, okay, so I sang, I had my first, like, solo Christmas time when I was, like, seven years old okay. at the church. Okay, okay. Um, this was the first time that I sang, and I was always, like, going to choir rehearsal with my mom. Like, I was at everything that the choir did. And um, so Christmas time came around when I was seven and I had a solo and that was the first time people actually really heard me sing. Interesting. Okay. So I started singing and people were like, oh my God, she can sing. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, like that was, that was the thing, but I kept dancing after that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then maybe around, I want to say maybe middle school. That might have been when I stopped dancing mm. and I was I just kind of went right into singing. I became a part of my youth group praise and worship team. How did that even come about? Um, When I so youth group at the time started at middle school, so sixth grade. So mm-hmm. once I transitioned into the sixth grade. I was actually a greeter in the youth department, but then I was like, oh, like, duh, the worship team. Like, I want to sing. Yeah. So I joined. And I would lead songs every now and then. And then when I was probably 2008 in the eighth grade, um, our praise and worship leader in the youth group transitioned with our youth pastors because they went and started their own church. Okay, okay. And that left me to be in charge. So they put me over the youth. <laughs> so were, the youth like, team. did you already show signs that you would do well in charge? I think so. My mom was a leader. She was like a section leader. She's part of the leadership team in the choir. So I think people knew that I had those mm. capabilities. And so they were like, all right, it's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was always there. So yes. like I was very faithful, very reliable. So um, that kind of, I guess, made people choose me. <laughs> yeah. And what made you decide to lean more towards singing than dancing? Oh, what made me decide? 
It was, um, I don't know, I guess singing has just always been a part of me. Like, yeah. Even when I was dancing, I would be in the car with my mom and my sister, and I'd be making them harmonize with me. <laughs> I would get on their nerves so bad because I'd be like, "Okay, Tasha, you sing tenor, Ma, Ma sing alto. I'm gonna sing surprise." Like, it would be a thing. It would be a whole thing. So yeah. it was always a part of my life. I think when I started singing, it kind of just took over. I got you. Yeah, that like, makes sense. So it was it was more natural. It was a natural thing. Mm-hmm. It was natural. It just was like, okay, I can sing. Now singing is taking control of my yeah. life. Um, so I kind of, yeah, I just stopped dancing. And also at the time, I think the dance ministry was kind of fizzling out at the time too. Yes. So it kind of just pushed me over into that. Now high school dancing came back. Okay. And I was doing both. Okay. Yeah. So I was leading. I was leading worship in the youth group. And then in the eighth grade as well, I also joined the adult uh choir okay so you got a lot of things going on at one time a lot of things happening i became you know i took over the youth group and then i became a part of the adult choir so then i started you know from eighth grade up i started you know they would have me lead songs yeah in big church that's what i called it big church (laughs) church. leading songs and then um directing the choir you know i would i would be teaching songs then eventually running rehearsals and stuff. And and you're in high school. In high school. So, like, are you, like, a good student, too? Yeah, man. Okay. You got to be a good student. Got to pass your classes. Let's go. So, I was, like, I was the church kid. I was the goody two-shoes. I was the one that did all mm. of the homework. I would be in church and doing my homework. I'd be at rehearsal, doing my homework, sitting, yep, right up in there. And then if I didn't do my homework and say we got home late or something and it's time for me to go to bed, my mom made sure I got up early in the morning before I got Let's on that go. school bus and do that homework. Let's go, Ma. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Discipline, discipline. Yes. She taught me discipline. So it was it that that was where I learned a lot of my, you know, leadership qualities because mm-hmm. you do at times as a leader have to know how to balance multiple things at once. So got to high school and I was leading in both departments, children and adult. And then I was uh, I joined drama club. Let's go. So I was doing I was acting. <laughs> okay, what was that like? I had already had like experience acting because in middle school I became a part of a performing arts program, a summer program um headed by daniel vc shout out to daniel vc shout out he taught me how to play keys also let's go so um he really wanted me to be a part of the summer program so i could join the vocal part and i chose drama (laughs) (laughs) and he was so upset but i was like oh let me just do something new because i sing and i dance at church or whatever but um so that's when i kind of started like really getting into acting and doing all of that um so that was a fun like maybe three three years three four years um that i did that every summer mm-hmm. and then when i got in high school i learned how to play keys maybe the summer before my sophomore year high okay school. and so now like we kind of taking it up a notch because now like i know how to um i know how to play chords just basic chords i don't play none of the fancy but stuff it, it like doesn't that. matter it doesn't that but it helps matter. me write now because yeah. i was writing also like i was doing poetry when i was a kid wow. all of that so like it helped me now be able to write my songs a little yeah. better because now I know what I want to hear, what yes. chords I want to hear. I wanna, Absolutely. You know, so that was a thing. And then, yeah, like 
getting into drama club was really cool because we started off doing my acting class actually wrote a musical like a mini musical on bullying and so we partnered with this other performing arts program called Lovewell Institution for the Creative Arts. Shout out to them. Shout out. Um, and we wrote this play called The Weight of Words. And it was a really interesting experience because everybody, all of the students in my class got a chance to be a part of something and learn how to write things. Yeah. Like, learn that they knew how to write stuff. Like people that had no experience, kids that had no experience writing songs like I did, no experience writing, you know, plays or skits or things like that. Um, they got the chance to do that with the guidance of, you know, these instructors. And so I was able to play a part in like the music I wrote the finale song um of that number and we performed it for our school and we ended up taking it on like a tri-county tour um for my sophomore no my junior and my high school year I mean my senior year of high school so yeah that's like so you went out with you went out of high school with a bang for sure for sure and people didn't even really know I could sing until I did in school, rather. They didn't know I could sing unless they went to my church. Um, but I did. We did Grease, the musical. Mm. It's my favorite musical um, is Grease. So we did Grease, and I auditioned for the role of Rizzo. If you know Grease, you know. Yeah. Um, Sandy was the main female character. And I would have auditioned for Sandy, but I didn't think they was going to cast me because I was black. But interesting yeah. okay so like that was a whole thing you know certain things we just like kind of like talk ourselves out of before we even like try ain't that crazy yes ain't that crazy? but we do it we do it but i was okay with it because rizzo had a song like she had a really big song in greece that i loved it's called there are worst things i could do mm-hmm. um and that was probably one of my favorite songs in the whole musical so yeah. i'm like if i get to sing that <laughs> have to be sandy i'm good yeah so yeah it was a it was a great experience and that was when people found out in school that i could really sing like that and then my principal had me singing at all of the little programs singing the national anthem at everything (laughs) all the honor roll uh ceremonies (laughs) principals meetings like i'm getting up at the crack of dawn so i could get to school at 7 a.m to sing the national anthem at a principal's meeting a principal's breakfast like oh that's crazy it was it was a lot of like all of my talents and all of my worlds kind of colliding yeah on a consistent basis definitely in high school yeah and like to of course i'm from north carolina Mm -hmm. where i'm from a small town where all of that ain't happening in school. Right. Like, in my school, none of that was happening. <laughs> so, like, to hear everything you did in mm-hmm. high school, I'm like, what in the world? It sounds more like a movie to me. Yeah. It's like movie high school. For sure. <laughs> it, it Yeah, Nova High definitely gave movie. <laughs> definitely gave a little, like, reality TV a little bit. It was giving yeah. movie. Yeah, it was a lot. Like I and even talking about it now, it makes me like think back. Like, wow, I was doing a lot in high school. Like I would literally when we started Greece rehearsals, like I would now Nova School, Nova High was different. Like most high schools, they start at like seven something, get out at like two Mm -hmm. or three. Like I my our school started at nine twenty five. Oh, so you could sleep a little bit. Yeah, but we were basically working a nine to five because we got out at four twenty five. Oh yeah, that's kind of ah man. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. we were in school all day. So I would literally go, you know, school all day, 
And then if we got drama rehearsal, then I'm staying after. Yeah. You know, till maybe what? I don't know. Sometimes I would literally just stay out for like an hour, hour and a half, and then my mom come get me and we go to church. That oh, night. <laughs> whoa. So your days were full sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it was definitely like that. And even if I didn't have rehearsal, if I'm taking a school bus home, I'm getting home at like 5 30. Mm. So I got like an hour, maybe 45 minutes to kind of like get myself together by the time my mama get home and we go to like choir rehearsal or we yeah. go to church midweek service. So yeah, I was doing a lot. Did it ever become overwhelming? No, I don't think so because I loved going to church. Yeah. So it was like, I just wanted, I didn't care. I would go to church <laughs> whenever they had something. If I could just go and sit at church all day, I would. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how much of a church baby I was and yeah. still am. Because yeah. like, I still go to the church and I just sit yeah. there. But like, yeah, so it was definitely I like challenges, you know, mm-hmm, I like good mm-hmm. challenges. So if it if it was a challenge of a balancing act, like that was fun to me. Yeah. Like, oh, I get to go to school. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Oh, I so you were you were interested in figuring out how to make it all work. For sure. That's interesting. Yeah, I was weird. I was a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> like, were you aware that you were a nerd? Um. Yes. Yes. Because people would like call me a nerd like people would and because i was smart yeah so like that whole thing that was kind of like a part of the bullying that i kind of experienced like people would because like, you're doing like to other people you do everything good you do everything right, right. like right i'm like, just i'm just the perfect perfect patty you know <laughs> perfect ponderosa yeah i just i do all my work the teachers love me yeah you know? and elementary school i'm like you know i'm the one of my te- like my third and fourth grade teacher i had the same teacher um so like i would literally be like a leader i would be like her right hand man sometimes like she doing stuff and the, the class is supposed to be working on something she'll have me sit in front of the class and write people names down that was talking so they did not like you no not oh. every, no it was a lot of people that didn't because like it's like you side out that kid for sure because it's like bro you're gonna you're gonna you ratting on us and i was so and i was a really i'm a nice person i'm uh-huh. very friendly so like I knew how to be friends with people, but having that type of responsibility as a kid, of course, makes other kids look at you like, oh, you just think you are that. You think you're so good. Da, 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 da. So did people say stuff like that to you? Yeah. When did that start? For sure. Um, Maybe, yeah, maybe like third or fourth grade. I So like the thing is, I went to like a private school, like a Christian academy mm-hmm. for pre-K and kindergarten. Right? Okay. So for those years, I did that. When I got into Nova High School, I got accepted there. I went and they put me in kindergarten Mm -hmm. because of my age, naturally. Um, And my mom was like, she already has done this. She knows how to read. She knows she's not like a regular, you know, kindergartner. So they made me sit through a test of like, you know, they made me do a reading test and they made me do a test where I like had to sit still for like 10 minutes or something if I could. And my mom was like, she do that in church every week. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it kind of already had started there when like they when I passed those tests, they bumped me up to the first grade. And so I'm the youngest in my class. Mm. I'm the youngest in my class. I'm smart. I you have know, multiple gifts multiple and talents. Gifts. I'm a leader. The, <sighs> the teachers is calling on me to do stuff. Yeah. It's, it's like a whole thing. So like yeah. that started definitely like elementary school. What was your response to those types of comments? Um, you know, 
I my mom was really the one that helped me with responding to those comments, and I, this how you know we from the ghetto because. <laughs> so there's this there was this um I had a pair of shoes right that were like pink plaid situation they had like all kinds of colors in them right yeah. I rode the school bus, so it was all grades on the school bus. Mm -hmm. High school, middle school, whatever. Everybody that went to the Nova schools and the surrounding schools, we on that bus in my neighborhood. So I get on the bus at one day, and I have these shoes on, and this older high school student is picking on my shoes, right? And so now she's calling me Rainbow. Mm. And so I'm, like, ignoring the girl because like I don't even know her first of yeah, all yeah. right I don't know her and she's way older than me she's in high school so it's like I mean I what am I gonna say right so I tell my mom because after a while you know it just keeps going on she keeps calling me rainbow and I'm like sick of it so I tell my mom like yeah it's a kid on the bus um she called me rainbow da 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 and my mom was like the next time she says that you you say that is not my name. <laughs> my name is really <laughs> And I'm like, okay, so like, I'm like five, right? Yeah, Four, five years yeah, old. Yeah. So next day I get on the bus. I'm ready. You ready? Because your my mama, mama told done, you what she to done say? empowered me. Yeah, so I'm ready, right? Yeah. I get on the bus and I hear it. She say, Hey Rainbow, da 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 da. I turn around, I'm like, that is not my name. And she's like, Oh, excuse me. Did not mess with me. After that, right? Yeah. So then I get to middle school. Okay. We fast forward. We're in middle school now. Uh-huh. And I'm a nerd. Yeah. I like to read. Yeah. I got a book with me everywhere I go in every yeah. class. When I'm done with my work, I open my book and I read my book. Yeah. I'm in science class, right? And in science class, we have different tables. It's four students at a table. So I'm the only girl at the table. Mm. Right? And so... <laughs> and I'm going to have to call their name because the, the story not going to make sense. So if you watch this, just know that it was my mama fault. And it's really your fault because you shouldn't have picked on me. So <laughs> so I'm sitting at the table and I'm reading my book. Mm -hmm. And this, this boy that's sitting next to me is like, why do you always have to read a book? Like, like why are you so much of a nerd? Like all this stuff, like saying all this stuff about me reading. And I'm like... I just enjoy reading. Yes. And so I'm like, you know, I'm trying to ignore him. And like I said, I'm the only girl. Yeah. And because I've skipped a grade back in elementary school, I'm the youngest in my class. Yes. Okay. So here I am at this table and I go home and my, I tell my mom, I'm like, yeah, it's this boy. He just be getting on my nerves. Like, I'm not even telling my mama so she could give me a, yeah. a defense mechanism. I'm just talking <laughs> about it. Right. So I'm like, yeah, he picking on me reading. Da, 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 da. She like. He's saying all this. She said, what is his name? And I said, his name, his name is Oni. Okay. I said, his name is Oni. She said, Oni? <laughs> <laughs> he picking on you reading. His name it's is Oni? Exactly what she said. She said, he got another pick on you and his name is Oni? <laughs> Like macaroni and cheese. Who does he think he is? The one and only baloney. Like she start roasting this man like crazy. She said, oh, you already know what you got to say the next time you see him. <laughs> so, Ma, I go to school the next day. Yeah. 
And I'm I'm like, okay, I'm ready to finish my work so I can whip my book out so he could say something. <laughs> yeah, because you got the roast. Because I got, got the- <laughs> I got it now. I'm ready. Don't don't come for me. Yeah. So I take my book out. I'm reading. He say something. Ready, ready to say something. And I said, "You picking on me? But what about you? Who you think you are? The one and only?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, macaroni and cheese." Baloney, Oscar Mayer, Baloney. <laughs> and you got the nerve to pick up me? Because I like to be smart. Ooh. I was carrying on, boy. I said every only thing that I could say that day. And what was his response? Oh, he went mute. And the two boys that sitting across from us at this table are giggling. Oh, so he embarrassed. So even more embarrassing. So, <gasps> yeah, that was it. He ain't never talked about me reading no more after that. But you want to know what's crazy? Like, in life, people will test you just yes. to see if they can get away with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And it's like in both of those situations, as soon as you spoke up for yourself, yep, people were quiet. For sure. Did that happen any other time in your life? Yes. Let's go. Give me another one. <laughs> give me another one. Give me another so, one. So if we're talking about music, right? Yeah. I'm a woman. Yes. In music. Yes. Predominantly male. Yes. You know, industry. And so because of that, guys feel like, you know, as women, we don't know as much as they do. Yeah. Musicians, producers, artists, whatever, you know, and understandable because I won't say most women, but a lot of women don't know as much as the average man in the music industry. But there are some of us that actually do know what we talk about. Yes, like you. So you I, are one of them for sure. So I I have experienced where like guys will kind of be a little smart with me. Musicians will kind of try to be smart or try to play me because they think I don't know what I'm talking about. And so I have perfect pitch. Okay. okay. That is and I don't ever like tell people. Like you I'm, don't flex that. I'm only telling y'all this because it's a part of the story. <laughs> I would never <laughs> tell anybody just outright. Yeah. So I have perfect pitch and um which is also coupled with like synesthesia, and we'll talk about that. That's when you see colors. Yep. Oh, Music, color, okay. Synesthesia. All right, go ahead. So, like, I have perfect pitch, and so there will be times where I would be out, and I'll tell the keyboard player to go to a certain key, and they don't go, and I'm like, "That's not it." Oh. And they try to tell me like, "No, no, no, that's it." I was with James Fortune somewhere. Uh huh. And um. We were about to do, um, I believe, yeah. right? About to do that song. That's in E flat. Yeah. And so he will always, James will always set it up by telling the keyboard player to go to E flat, right? Put me in E flat. Cool. The keyboard player is in E. Now, this is not our normal band. We got the house band. Uh-huh. Okay. So he's like, put me in E flat. The keyboard player is in E. And I'm like, that's not E. That's not E flat. That's E, right? So I turn around and I look at the keyboard player and I'm like, E flat, E flat. And he's like, yeah, this is E flat. This is E flat. And I'm like, this is not E <laughs> And so I try to like let some time pass because James is talking. He's setting up the song. But I know he's going to pass it to Cardell, who is the tenor, because he's going to sing the verse. Yeah. And it's higher. Yes. So I'm like, okay, let me see if I could convince him again that this is not E flat. I look back and I'm like, E flat, you sure it's E flat. And he's like, This it's E flat, it's E flat. Like, 
almost kind of getting a little yeah a little spicy like girl you don't know what you're talking about you don't play keys that type of thing and so then cardell gets past the mic he sings and he after he sings the first verse, he turns around and he's like, this is high. I said, yeah, I know. This isn't the right key. Oh. And I look at the keyboard player and then he's like, oh, oh, it's this E. You, my bad, my bad, this E. I said, I know. Now put us in the right key while he's talking so we can <laughs> get it together. <laughs> I'm like, uh. yeah. Yeah, like that stuff. You know, I think people underestimate because I'm like, if I'm turning around, if I'm a singer, Turning around, asking you, is this E flat? That's not a normal situation. So you should probably (laughs) check your keyboard (laughs) if it's on transpose or whatever the case may be. Get it together. Fix it. (laughs) Put it in E flat. Put it in E flat. (laughs) So that whole thing. I went to another church one time. I was doing like worship. I I was doing a, a special song and like a worship song. So... I was doing soundcheck with them and I had sent them like the song that I wanted to do. And I told them that I wanted to do it in a different key, but I don't think the different key got translated to them. So when I got there in the soundcheck, I'm like, is there any way? And before I could even finish my question, the, the organist was like, nope, like being funny. Like, we not changing the key. I know that's what you're about to ask. Uh, yeah, like that. And I was like, I was like, okay, is there any way <laughs> that... You, you continue to ask yeah, your question. Yeah, that we can do this in C instead of A flat. And so they're just kind of like, you know, he looking around or whatever. Because I don't even think he was in charge at the time. So that was also what kind of like aggravated me. Because I'm yeah. like, first of all, it's six in the morning. Don't. <laughs> don't. Yeah. And we inside and you got shades on. Why? <laughs> don't. Don't do that. And I'm polite. Like I'm very yeah. I'm very polite. So I'm like, don't you don't even know me. Yeah. So I asked and they were like, you know, they were looking around and he was like, you know, we could try it or whatever. I said, yeah, the song is only like four chords, so it shouldn't be that hard. Because they trying you at this because point. Because y'all trying me. <laughs> Stop trying me. And I don't understand why people do that. Because it's like certain moments like that. Like that's something that I never forgot. And that was five years ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Five, four years ago. So I'm like, you have to understand that when people are coming into your space and you're supposed to be working with them. You should have a good attitude. Don't try to be smart. Don't try to be funny. Because you never know when the table's going to turn. You don't know who that person is and you don't know who that person going to be. So, like, you know, you got to... You got to... Yeah, man. And I just found out that that person was somebody that I have done, like, a a gig with, with another artist, like, years later. And I didn't, didn't even know that that was, was the same, same person. person. <laughs> I didn't even know it was the same person when I did the gig. How did you find out it was the same person? I was having a conversation with one of my friends who knows the person. And I was describing the situation. And I said, da, 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 and he said the person name. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> and you were at home? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, no. When that situation happened, 
No, I was out of town. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's better. Yeah. I was that's, out of town. That's better. So moving through high school, let's go back to high school. Yep. Once you graduated 12th grade, mm-hmm. like what was going on in your life personally and musically at the time? Graduated high school personally. I was about to start college. Yeah. Um, I wasn't going away. Okay. College. Um, Were I, you cool with that? Yeah, because I don't think I wanted to leave. It was, you know, I was a very like I wasn't sheltered, but I loved home. Yeah. You know, I loved home. So like moving away, going away to college, going to college already was a thing because it's like. I'm really going for music anyway. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. something that I know inside and out almost. Yes. So, um, yeah, I was fine with not going away. Um, I went to Nova Southeastern University, which was literally right across the street from my high school. Interesting. <laughs> so, like, I was my my freshman year, like, I was doing I was doing my college classes, and I, then sometimes I would go and tutor, or you know, be a teacher's assistant at my high school, um, go back and help the acting kids because yeah, they carried dope. on our musical after we graduated. Yeah, so, that's dope. You know, I would do that. Um, musically, I was I was writing, but I wasn't like you know moving towards releasing anything at the time. I didn't really have um, a producer per se. Okay. Um, but then moving into a little closer into my freshman year of college, um, me and Mickey Platt Jr. connected. Shout out to Mickey Platt. Okay. Jr. Yeah. Shout Mickey's out. Mickey's music. Um, and so we kind of connected and we started just working. Like we just started doing yeah. stuff. Like even when I had to like sing and do praise and worship at certain places, like I would call him, I would call my guys and, you know, my friends and they would sing and play for me. Um, and then, um, we started, you know, he would send me tracks and stuff. He sent me a track and he was like, oh, you should write to this. So I wrote to it and we literally like recorded it in like an hour. Wow. And that was the all I need. That was all I need. Yeah. And then we started working on an EP after that. I just was writing stuff, and because I knew how to play, I would be at co- I would be in college, and um, I didn't have a car, so I would literally have like three classes in the morning to the afternoon, and then I would just sit at school until my mom came and picked me up when she got yeah. to work. Yeah. So I would be at school and. Um, I would go into like one of the practice rooms with a piano and I would just sit and I would just, you know, write. Mm. I would write. I would sit and record myself on my phone and play little things and just, you know, write songs. And so I would send them to him. I'd be like, hey, I got this idea. Boom, boom, boom. He'd be like, oh, my God, this is dope. Yeah. And then it turned into, you know, a song. We just turned it into an EP. And then that was kind of like the 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 start of me really like you know being an artist for real for real um in south florida so So was that a was that a thought (laughs) in your mind like okay i want to be an artist for sure i did want to do um like i had this vision book in 2012 this was the year that i graduated high school 2012 um and that year we had a leadership conference at my church and terry savelle foy came and preached and she kind of was the start of like the whole vision board. This was before vision boards were even a thing. Okay. So she had a book where you could write down like 25 things you want to do in the next five years. Oh, interesting. 25 places you want to go in the next five years, 25 people you want to meet or whatever. Right. And so 
in the list of things that I wanted to do, I had, you know, I want to release an, an EP, an album, a project, something of some sort. I wanted to do a concert with my own band and do all original songs. I wanted to uh, uh, sing, do uh, do professional background vocalists for um, gospel artists. I wrote all of that, like, with pay. Um, I wrote you put it. with pay on yep. the paper? I wanted to get paid. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> I wanted to get paid. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing Gotta wrong with that. Gotta be specific. Yes. You know, so I had that. And so she had the things where you could write it down in a list. And then she had individual pages for each thing that you said you wanted to do in the next five years. So, like, the first page would be, okay, I want to release a single EP album. Write the date that I wrote that on that page. And then at the top half, you would put pictures like a vision board. Mm. Put pictures of that thing, right? So I would put pictures of like Amazon, iTunes, da-da-da-da. Wow. And then the bottom half was reserved for when you actually accomplished it. And you would write the date that you accomplished it, right? Oh, yeah. So 2012 was when that happened. I wrote all of that. Um, had different pictures. When I put I want to professionally sing background for gospel artists. I had pictures of Travis Green. I had pictures of Ty. I had pictures of Mary Mary. Like I had. I just all got that. chills, bro. No, for real. I'ma find it. It's at home, and I'ma find it and take a picture so I could post it. But it was real life. It was real life. I put. I wanted to sit down and have lunch with like my artist, like the artist that I admired the most. I had a picture of Kiki on there, Mary Mary, like all of that, like. I had all of these things on this on this uh on in this book. And so like I had the vision. Like I knew I wanted to be an artist. I knew I wanted to be a background vocalist. I knew I wanted to do all of these things. How it was gonna happen, it was just gonna happen. Yeah. And I would just start working. You know, Instagram kind of became a thing probably in 2012-ish. Yep. Um became very popular. So I was like, you know, just using social media mm -hmm. um, and doing things in South Florida really, like, you know, helped out as well. I was a worship leader at one of the really known churches down there, so it was it was cool. Um, but, yeah, like, experiencing all of those things and most, I would say maybe most of those things, if not maybe, like, 55 to 60 percent of those things happened within those five years. By 2017, I was writing that I wanted to be a professional background vocalist in 2012. I started in 2015 with Travis Green. That's what's crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm very aware. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy. <laughs> so after you do the EP, yeah. what comes next? So after I did the EP, the EP was done in 2014. Okay. Um, I already knew Travis. Um I met Travis in 2011. Okay. He came to um, our church, my first lady. Shout out to Apostle, the late Apostle Yvette Brinson. Love her. Shout out. All of my heart. Um, she used to do fashion shows at the church okay. every year. Like, she did stuff big. Yeah. Like, she didn't like, you know, the small half done stuff. So, like, she was a designer. She designed clothes. And so she would have a fashion show every year. And this particular fashion show was at a venue um, that was not the church. And so they brought Travis Green down and he was like the guest for the fashion show that Saturday and then praise and worship with us that Sunday. And so at the fashion show, I was with my friend Stesha. Shout out to Stesha. Yeah. Um, we were there. And like as soon as he came out on the runway, like me and her are the only two standing up. And like singing every single yeah. word for a word, okay? Yeah. Singing his songs. 
and everybody else is like looking at the models and stuff. I didn't care nothing about no models, no clothes, <laughs> no nothing. I was a Travis Green super yeah. fan. Okay. So like I was there doing that. And so I didn't get to meet him that day. So the Sunday, the next day, um, he came, we had two services and he came to the second one. So before the second one, they were going over stuff that he wanted to do. And they called me cause I wasn't in the church at the time when they was going over it. So I went in there and he was like, Jaleesa. And I was like, you know, my name, this is insane. <laughs> Somebody told Whoa. him my name because he was asking who was that girl mm. that was like singing every word yeah. at this fashion show. Yeah. So like, it was a cool thing. And that was our connection. Like from then on, yeah. like, you know, we exchanged numbers and he was like family. He was yeah. literally family. He came to our church maybe once or twice a year for a few years. And, um, 2015 came. So EP drops 2014. Yeah. 2015 comes around and my church did a men's conference. I'm not there because it's a men's conference. <laughs> so, um, but Travis came and they had him um, as a special guest. So I went by the church after one of the services one night just to say, hey. Yeah. You know, so he's there with his manager, Kobe. And um, I went and I said, hey, and we talking. Cool. Whatever. Hi, so good to see you. Da, da, da. I leave maybe a month or so after that. Mm-hmm. That's May 2015. Definitely had to be a few weeks. So like June 2015. He yeah. calls me and he's like, hey, I'm about to go on the road and I want you to sing with me. So like, do you want to do it? And I'm like, duh. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. So that is how that happened. And so the first time I had ever been on a plane. Wow. First time I had ever traveled past Georgia. Okay. Was with Travis Green. Let's I went to go. Dallas, Texas. We did um, worship at the Potter's House, TD Jake's church. So that was the first one? The first one. <laughs> <laughs> the first time. And so for that to be like the first time, like I'm standing in a church that I've watched on TV. Yes. You know, something that is almost like unimaginable when you are younger. Like yes. you don't imagine, you don't see yourself there. Like, yeah, I see myself doing great things. But do I see my first time, you know, being here? No. But it was incredible, incredible experience um, the day before. And it was Fourth of July weekend, too. So like first time out on a holiday. Yeah, I'm, you turn. Like, I'm yeah. grown. <laughs> How old were you, by the way? I was... In 2015, I was 20. Whoa. 20 years old. Yep. Yo, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. How many dates did you do with Travis after that? Like, um, did you sing with him for a while? I sang with it? Travis for a year and a half. Let's go. A year and a half. And we had done so much stuff. Like, it was so many firsts. My first time traveling outside the country. Yeah. Went to London for New Year's. That's crazy. Like, so that was like good, like good fun. And the thing about Travis, like he gave me my first road family. Like we were literally a family. It was literally like we didn't just go on a road and just like, you know, everybody yeah. go to their separate places. Like we go, we go out to eat together. Yeah. After the show, we all in somebody's room playing games, having fun. Yeah. Like, you know, it was it was a good time. Like we'll be in when we were in London, like we had off days. So we were like walking the streets of London, going shopping, stuff like that. It was a really great time. Like it gave me, it showed me how much I could connect with like other people that were not in Florida. Yeah. You know, I met so many people. Um, even like 
Well, Daryl kind of don't count, Daryl Walls. But, like, because I was traveling with Travis, we were on a lot of dates, like, you know, at, as the Walls group. So we would be in the same places. And so, like, me and Daryl's, like, kind of siblingship kind of even got even more solidified yeah. there. Um, because we saw each other so much. Yeah. Um, so I met um, James Fortune on the road with Travis. We did Essence Fest. Okay. Yeah, we did like the gospel stages at Essence Fest, and I met James then. Um, but he already knew who I was from like social media and stuff, like singing with Trav. So, like, so what were you doing on social media at the time where people were able to see you? I was posting everything. Okay, like everything that we did, like I would post clips um, of shows. I would be, you know, seeing people tag, go screen record, go, yeah. you know, go and finding people's lives and stuff like. And I would just post. Um, and it was really just to like, you know, I feel like things that touch me will touch other people. So mm. it's like, you know, if this was good to me, I know it'll be good to yeah. y'all. So like it was really more of that. And I would do a lot of that. I posted everything, literally, like yeah. keeping keeping people up to date on like my travels. Like, oh, yes. we going here, we going there. Um, we would do um, before Travis's album The Hill came out in October 2015 we were doing like promo things that whole week so doing like a BMI listening party and Periscope was a thing at the time too so like I'm on Periscope during the thing so like people can see you know all of these things we're singing with just a piano and like a little bongo thing like that stuff like just posting constantly posting and constantly like you know putting myself out there i guess people are very afraid to do that let's talk about that for a second Mm -hmm. where did the fearlessness come from for you to do that i think the fearlessness really came from being a leader at such a young age because like in high school and even like in middle school being over people you have to kind of like overcome the fear of you know, oh, what are people going to think about me? Oh, what are people going to say? Da, 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 da. And because, again, I'm a high school student and I'm teaching songs to people that are in their 30s, 40s, 50s even. Yeah. You know, and so people are like, oh, who this little girl like? Da, 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 da. And I have to learn how to be assertive and I can't be scared. Yes, or intimidated because or you're intimidated. young and they're old. Yep. Yeah. So you you grab that and you're like, hey, I'm out here on the road mm-hmm. and I want people to know that I do this. Yeah. Because in your mind already, you know what you wrote down. Yes. So you're maximizing the opportunity at every place that you yes, can. Yes, for sure. Which is super smart. For sure. And it was so many things like that I was posting that was even just like testimonies. Because I even wrote in my thing like I wanted to be like a guest performer or a guest judge on Sunday Best, right? Mm-hmm. Guest performer. Sunday Best did a all-star season, right? We performed with Travis on the Sunday Best all-star finale. And that was in 2015, three years after I wrote it in my thing. And so, like, you know, all this time, I'm even getting closer to Ty because, like, now Ty, we doing a lot of shows with Ty. We doing shows with all, like, Everybody. everybody. Everybody around that time when I started traveling, we were doing shows with people that I listened to every day as a kid. Ty Tribbett, Erica Campbell, 
Jonathan McReynolds. Yes. All of these people that I listen to and now I'm meeting them. Yeah. And like they're like starting to know who I am. Yes. You know, just from being with Travis. And so it was really like a lot of the things that I was posting was just like, look what the Lord did. Because yeah, man. like I I could not plan this. Yes. All I could do was really work. And that's what I was doing. Travis found me working. Travis found me serving at my church, leading worship. You know? And he'll tell the story of like him coming and seeing me lead and I'm doing some like up tempo song and he is like crying while I'm leading because it's just like, wow, like this is crazy. This little girl is doing this. So I want to talk about that for a minute because Mm -hmm. that has a lot to do with who you are. For sure. Like you started in a church Mm -hmm. that you've been in up until recently. Yes. Why continue to serve there for so long? Um, I started like my BGV career started because I was there. Had I not been there, there's a huge possibility that I would not have been found. Mm. So like, you know, I I always people will always be like, oh, my God, girl, because I would literally be on the road. And if we got back in time. I'm going to church. Mm. If I'm coming back on a Sunday morning, I'm hoping that my flight lands before 10. Mm. Because as soon as I touch down, I'm going to the airport garage, getting in my car, and I'm driving to church. Like, I got I, I got my makeup on. I got my church clothes on. I got all that. I'm going to church, and I'm going to sing. Yeah. So, because I feel like, you know, if, I, if that's where I got the opportunity, I can't forget that place. Because I have the opportunity now. Because I didn't start off with me wanting to be famous or wanting to be an artist or wanting to be a professional background vocalist first. I wanted to serve. I wanted to be at church. Mm. And the place that you were planted is where all of the opportunities came from that you believed God for. Yeah. Because literally it all started with Trav. It started with Trav. Once I got with Trav, everything else came after that. Even before then, Jonathan, Jonathan Nelson, when he was in Florida, yeah, um, when he was the the minister of music at the Faith Center, we were um, they we they would do like impact night every year with the youth and the young adults, yeah, and they would have Ty come and preach and sing, you know, at these impact nights, and so they would open up their youth choir for anybody that wanted to join and yeah. sing. So I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna join if I get to sing with Ty. So I did that in 2010, Mm -hmm. and then 2011 came, and I couldn't make the rehearsals. So I was like, okay, it's fine. I'll still go. I just won't sing. So me and my best friend, Tiffany, um, my best friend from high school, we went, and Ty was, he came out, and he was singing. He called all the kids up to the stage, right, like to the front of the stage. So I'm down there, cool, woo, 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 we having fun, whatever. He looks around at the youth choir director and he's like oh i need a soprano i need a soprano he tells the band to go to e and i'm like clearly he's about to do victory right <laughs> so i'm like he's talking about he needs a soprano i'm like well what he about to do he about to set it up this about to be crazy <laughs> so they pull a soprano and i i'm right at the front of the stage i'm at the foot of the steps so i can see everything so i'm yeah. reading his lips and he's like Asking the girl, like, okay, do you know, tell me who can stand before us when we, right? And she shakes her head, no. And I'm like, 
You don't know that song, girl? Oh, my God. Like, come on. Like, you know, so I'm just chilling. And then he says in the mic, because Ty is just like that. Like, he just going to ask, who out there know this song? So he's like, any sopranos out there? And so my friends are pushing me. Like, girl, go, go. I'm like, first of all, I'm not a soprano. So we're not even going to embarrass me like that. I'm not a soprano. So I'm like, no, 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 I'm not a soprano. He asked for a soprano, and I'm not going to just go up there just because I know the song. This is not my church. I'm not going to do that. Wow. Right? Yeah. So I'm chilling, and then the youth, uh, one of my friends in the youth choir sees me. Oh, you threw. And he grabs the youth choir, and he's like, Eddie, Eddie. Shout out to Eddie and Derek. <laughs> okay? He's like, Eddie, Jaleesa, Jaleesa, Jaleesa. Eddie sees me, grabs Ty. And drags him over to me and is like, tie her, 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 her. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, mighty guy. So he pulls me up on stage and I am like, everything is moving in slow motion at this point. I'm yeah. like, is this real? Yeah. So I get up there and he's like, do you know, tell me. And I'm like, yeah, I know it. Okay, sure. <laughs> so he's like, all right, cool. He tells the band to go to the floor. And at this point, I know I have to start singing. <laughs> So I started singing and it's like everybody's just like screaming, going crazy. He hit me with the rag, everything, right? It's a crazy situation. And so I get, we have the victory. So I'm like, okay, cool, right? Yeah. Monumental moment. Yeah at the time was the best thing that had ever happened to me yes if i had never done anything else after that i would have been fine. you would have been okay i would have been good i wouldn't even have to be a professional background vocalist wow because i'm like yeah that's a highlight ty just put me up on stage and was hitting me with his rag guys <laughs> come on yeah. so after that after we get through a victory we go backstage and jonathan nelson comes up to me and he's like why are you not a part of our music ministry <laughs> and wow. i'm like I don't go here. <laughs> like yeah. I go to Redeemer Word. I sing there. And he's like, oh, okay, we're going to pray about that. <laughs> 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 so like that kind of started that whole connection with Jonathan. And then that was 2011, right? Yeah. 2011. So now years later, 2015, I started singing with Travis. Travis does the Hill album release in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. And um, Jonathan is there and we kind of like connect again there. Yeah. And um, it was just a really cool thing. It was a great time. I start singing with Jonathan. He starts doing the blaze back home yeah. in Fort Lauderdale. So bi-monthly, we would have like these gatherings where he would like, we would do worship and he would give a word. And it was for like those servant leaders like those worship leaders those music uh people in the music ministry um it was really geared towards those people mm -hmm. and so he would have me you know sometimes when he couldn't do rehearsals i would run rehearsals for him i would lead stuff and all of that and then um in march 2016 i started traveling i went and did my first um date with jonathan nelson in detroit oh, detroit that's crazy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what was that like it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I had done a show with him prior to, but it was in Miami. Yeah, so um, that's home. So that yeah, that's home. So they asked me to do a a show with him or a date with him, literally the next month. And so I did Detroit, and it was really cool because it was at Triumph Church, and they had multiple services. So we were like 
we I think we did three services um, that Sunday, one service the Saturday before, and um, I met Gene Hoskins, amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing artist, yeah. <laughs> um, and Nasia Barnes. I met them, yeah. and it was so like that was another family that I got yes. from that. So you know that kind of like started taking off me and um, traveling with Jonathan, and I'm like you know. I do whatever I can. That's what I do. So, yeah. like, as a leader, a natural leader, like, it's just my nature to kind of, like, if I'm traveling with an artist, I need to know all the songs. I need to know all the parts, the format, stuff like that, so that, like, just in case something ain't right, I could be like, oh, no, it's this. Oh, interesting. But that's just always been yes. me. When Even when I was dancing, right, when I was mm-hmm. four, and five, um, Charnell Jackson, shout out to her. Yeah. Um, she was over the dance department at the time. And like she literally would have me at four, five years old doing the Christmas program dancing. And I'm like in front of the toddlers, wow. like guiding the toddlers on their dances. So like and I'm running rehearsals. I'm doing warm ups with them. I'm like all this stuff. So. You know, it's that was just my nature. Yeah. And so when I get with somebody like. Jonathan, like, you know, uh, somebody whose songs are not like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. They are definitely not. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's just like I am a format girl. I'm going to remember everything. So, like, I'm giving signals. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So now it's to the point where, like, okay, if anybody new is coming on with us, like, he'll tell them, like, hey, if you ever get lost in the format, look at Jaleesa. That's she crazy. is never gonna let you fail. She's not gonna let you fall. <laughs> like, you That's know, but crazy. my objective in all of that is really just to help. I love to help. Absolutely. And that's my motto. I always tell people, like, I'm just here to help. That's wow. it. So, like, you know, that's that's where really all of that comes from. And that's really what leadership is all about. It's Absolutely. Really about helping. It's not about being in charge of people. Um, so and I think that's where like we get messed up sometimes because we just want to be in charge of people, but we're not really trying to help. Yes. Yes, we so, want the authority of a leader without actually helping people that are following us. Yeah, the real responsibility of it is helping people. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. If you can't hold your mule, <laughs> don't give it to somebody that don't deserve it now. Nah. Please don't. You know he out here sleeping with everybody. Don't do it. And you gonna do it cause it feel good. Why cause it got a big thing thing or something? <laughs> that ain't that ain't. You know how many men folk around here? Never mind. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's plenty of fishies in the sea. If you enjoyed this clip of Be for Real, you can watch the full video. Just head over to RXS Entertainment YouTube channel. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just type in B-E-F-U-H-R-E-A-L, period. So you with Jonathan. Yep. You meet James before that. I met James. No, I met James after that. Okay, so when you're with Jonathan, did you do the, the album with him during that time of singing with him? Or that you did that later? Okay, let me get my timelines right. Yeah, let's go. Okay, so I met James in 2016. Okay. I started doing The Blaze with Jonathan in 20... Yeah, I think that was 2016. Okay. So I already knew Jonathan. Okay. 
And then I started traveling with him the following year, 2017. Okay. Um, did I, what was the question? What you asked the, me? The question was about Jonathan's album. Because I know you did, okay. I, I know you were on Jonathan's album. There we go. And I know you were on James's. So t take me through how all of that happened. Okay. So 2017, I started traveling with Jonathan. 2017 in like May-ish, James hit me up on Instagram. Okay. And he was like, hey, I'm about to drop my next album dear future me i want you to sing with me at the album release whatever whatever right and he was like i want you to sing background and i want you to lead um you rescued me yeah which features tasha cobbs on the song <laughs> right. so i'm like you want me to sing a song that tasha does <laughs> jesus so i'm like yeah. okay cool so I, I i did that it was a whole weekend that we did um, with him and it was kind of like a rearrangement of the actual song on the record yeah. where we went church and that's kind of where that whole you rescued me church church yeah. version happened and it that was just the album release of dear future me right and so we jonathan recorded the declarations album in september or august ish of 2017 so I did, we did that, yeah, that um, live recording in 2017 towards the end. And that was, yeah, that was a good time. It was super interesting because, like, they were sending out, you know, demos of mm -hmm. the songs and stuff at the time. Because what it was was the live recording and then it was also the purpose um, reunion, mm -hmm. which also was a live recording. In yeah. Itself. So, like, that was all happening in the same night. So we did declarations, but that week, I think I was coming from, I missed the first day of rehearsal because I was coming from doing a video shoot of Favor of God with James. Yeah. So I'm in Atlanta doing that, and then I go to Baltimore the next day for the rest of the week. Yeah. And Jonathan is like, okay, cool. Um, we go, like we start going over stuff, and like I've, I've been studying the stuff. Yeah. Right? So like um, I think it was Jade. His niece Jade was like, "Oh, you good? Like, you know your part." And Jonathan was like, "I know I ain't have to worry about her. Like, she gonna know her stuff. <laughs> yeah. If anybody gonna know her stuff, it's her." Yeah. And then he's like, "Yeah, so okay, this the song that you gonna lead on. You featuring on that song? We all found out that we were featuring on the songs that week. Whoa. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So the blood. Yeah. Yeah. I found out that week. That's crazy. So you're like, all right. When I got there. So I'm like, okay, more <laughs> studying. Got to figure out, okay, what? let me write down my ad libs. Yeah. Like all of that. So that was, yeah, in 2017, um, we did the declarations I recorded. And we finished it off in 2016 when he came to Florida and recorded. Well, he was in Florida. We recorded at the Faith Center. We did the Our God Medley at the mm -hmm. Faith Center. We did Redeemed at the Faith Center. We did Jesus, I Love You. At the face center, and we also did. I agree again. Um, so yeah, that was like a two part situation in 20, what was that? 28, Se oh, that was 17, 2017 eight, to 18, 18, right? And so then, um, we had what was uh, what was this last album? The the it wasn't Dear Future Me, it was Dream Again, okay. yeah. Whew. So Dream Again, James drops Dream Again, and I'm singing with him all throughout this time, him and Jonathan. I'm yeah. traveling with them, you know, yeah. all of that, right? Um, Dream Again drops, and we have the album release concert at the 
at Rock City. Yes. Rock City, Birmingham, Alabama. Yes. Shout out to Pastor Mike Jr. Yeah. Um, so we we do the album release, and this is literally just supposed to be an album release concert. Right. So I did, me and Mignon did I Am, I did You Rescued Me. But we can't get, we can't just skip it like that. Yeah. But you can go ahead and tell the story though. So the Dream we have Again, to go back to the I Dream am. Again studio record, right? Yeah. I'm not featured on the studio record. Right. So the album release. It's supposed to just be. It's supposed to just, just be, be a concert. Release. Yes. Yeah. We just singing the parts that we've been given and that's that, right? So yeah, I Am. Usually when I was on the road with him, I would sing it anyway. Me and yes. Mignon um, would go back and forth, and we would sing it. Shout out to Mignon. Love you, Mignon. Yo, listen. She's do you beast. know how many times I listen? <sighs> yo, yo, I listen. Yo, Ooh. I listen to that so much, bro. If it would have been a CD, that you, it would have been scratched. <laughs> yo, <laughs> it would have been scratched. It would be like, yo, what? <laughs> <laughs> For real, bro. Oh, yo. So it was just an. It was, but they recorded it. They recorded it. Found out they recorded it, and it was like, oh. So was it like one of them? We just gonna record it just to have it. I think so. Yeah, it wasn't like oh, this This is is supposed to be a lot. No, it was not. It was not like that's crazy. It wasn't purpose to be a live recording. So then y'all were just like, who decided? Like, yo, we need to release this. Probably James. It was just like it when we. It was found too out, magical to not release it. Yeah, though. when he told me, I was like, when he told us, we was like, oh, okay, it's about to be a record. Yeah, and so that's again. another feature that wasn't. It was just when I sing on the road, I yep. sing this part, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then it turns into an album release that turns into a live, a live recording that turns into another feature, another feature on two songs. Crazy. Yep, I am, and you rescued me. And that dropped. So that concert was in what, like 2019? Yeah. Um, and it dropped in 2020. Dream Again Live dropped in 2020 because that was during COVID. Yes. So yeah, like it it became a thing. And even during COVID, we did the Stellars. Yeah. Um, when the Stellars was virtual and we yeah. did the music video, and that was like a whole nother like cool version we recorded our vocals and like you know doing the music video for the stellas was crazy because my last time um first time being on the stellas was with travis yeah in 2016 yeah um which was amazing and then you know for the second time around to be during covid which is crazy but virtual on bet crazy crazy so like yeah it was a it was it was a very interesting time yeah and so we did that we did that um live recording that feature and that's insane because it was a thing as all of this is happening like i'm cheering i'm at the crib cheering (laughs) so hard i'm like she deserves all of this playing everything on repeat yeah because i'm just proud so i want to talk about ty Mm-hmm. Where was that? Okay, in the timeline. Whew. So little bits and pieces in the timeline, right? Okay. So we talked about 2011 when he put me up on stage. Yes. Right? Cool. So then, um, 2015, I start traveling with Travis, and he kind of is starting to recognize me, and you know, he knows who I am. Um, when we did Celebration of Gospel, very last Celebration of Gospel, by the way, I was so glad that I was able to perform yes. with Travis. 
Because Celebration of Gospel was a thing, and I wish they would bring it back. Yes. Um, but we did that, and um, Ty was a part of Travis's performance. He did Intentional with Jonathan McReynolds, Chrisette Michelle, and Ty. Yeah. And so there was a moment where we were, me and Laura, shout out to Laura. She was singing background with Travis as well with me. And we were, um, like, at the hotel um, that everybody was staying at, and we were like at the at the restaurant, just mm-hmm. like waiting on food. And Ty and Kelvin were down there. Ty and his manager, they were down there, and like he was talking about like how he felt about the performance after we had rehearsed and stuff like that. And so like you know we were just talking, and it was so cool. Like oh my god, I'm yeah. sitting here talking to a legend. Like yes. and he's like mad cool. Like yeah. So that was a thing. That was in 2016. Then 2017 rose around. And the Faith Center in Fort Lauderdale. Shout out to Bishop Henry Fernandez. All yes. these shout outs. Gotta shout everybody you out. You have to, yeah. Um, we They had the impact night again. And they asked me, the youth pastor asked me to do praise and worship. Right? Mm. So Ty is coming to preach and he's going to sing a little bit. But I'm opening up in praise and worship. So I do praise and worship. We have my singers, my band and all of that. And then um, uh, by the time Ty was about to come out... Literally, maybe like minutes, like five minutes before somebody like calls me, like one of my girls is like calling me to the back to backstage. And so I'm like, OK, so we go backstage and they're like, oh, Ty wants you and your singers to like to sing background. For him. <laughs> and so I'm like, OK. Yeah. And what's so crazy about that is I had a group of girls called Young Dreamers and I would get with them. These were like, you know, mentees. We had like a whole mentorship thing going on. And so I would we would get together every so often. Um, a lot of them were aspiring singers, background vocalists. And so what I would do is if I had an event or whatever, I would open my rehearsals and have them come and sit in the rehearsals and participate in the rehearsals. And so I did that for Impact Night, right? Got together at one of the girls' house, had all these girls in there. And I'm like, you know, after we get through running the music, I'm like me and Sarah, my best friend Sarah, hey girl. We was talking to the girls and I'm like, you know, these. this is why you have to keep doing these things. Like even these rehearsals, like practicing music even when you don't have a gig. Like because you never know when an opportunity is going to present itself. So you want to make sure that you got you keep your chops up. Like, yes. you know, you keep practicing. You keep doing what you got to do. If you say you want to be a professional background vocalist, who are you studying? Yes. Are you studying at all? So literally that was that Wednesday. The event was on a Friday night. So that Wednesday I had a rehearsal, gave that whole speech. That Friday, literally what I said happened. And they're like, oh, yeah, we want Ty wants y'all to sing with him. And I'm like, all right, well, no rehearsal. First song is I Will Bless the Lord, and we don't got no song list after that. So I'm like, all right, let's get it together. Okay, who's singing what? Okay, cool. I was I pulled them girls together, and I was like, let's go. Let's do it. That's real-time mentorship. Yeah. Like, it played out. Mm-hmm. It played out. It was crazy. Like, I could not even plan it. I just was doing what, you know, I felt the Lord was telling me to do at the time. Did you have a conversation with the girls after that? Yeah. What was that conversation? It was like, see, this is why. (laughs) This is why I do what I do. This is why we practice. This is why we keep, you know, practicing. And we just do these random get-togethers and we go over music. Like, I would give girls random songs and I'd be like, okay, figure out the alto, figure out the soprano. Let's, what are you hearing? Do you hear the right part? You know what I'm saying? Because... That stuff is what 
puts you a cut above. You know what I'm saying? When you don't always have to be told your part, when you can hear a harmony and you know which one is yours. Like, you know, I was doing all that stuff. So, like, teaching them to do it was a real joy that I have because, like, you know, you get to see people's dreams come true. Yes. Like, and just grateful that I was able to play that, like, small part. Maybe it wasn't small, but, like... It definitely wasn't small, <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? saying? Just, yes. like, being... It's like a drop in the pond. Like, I'm just watering the sea. And so when you start being able to experience these opportunities, anybody that rode with me know that, like, if I know that you bought your stuff, I'm going to put you on. Oh, let's go. So, like, people, like, artists will call me and be like, hey, like, I need a crew in Florida, da 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 And I'll be like, okay, cool. I got you. And it's a done deal. And you, I know and you who hit I'm up call. the people you trust. Yep. Yep. I hit up the people I trust. I hit up the people that I know can master whatever is being asked. So, let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Because to hear your story, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful story. But it doesn't play out the way it's playing out if you're not good at your craft. Yep. It's true. So with all of the dreaming you did. Yes. And with all of the faith you had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were still sharpening your gift. Oh, of course. And I was singing every week at church. But... A lot of people sing every week at church. That's true. And they don't practice for that. So that's really the problem. (laughs) A lot of people sing every Sunday at church. That is not good enough. (laughs) (laughs) So to to aspire to be on a high level means that you must prepare yourself to be able to execute on that level. Mm -hmm. And you... Did that and do that. Where in the world did that come from? I think it came from my mama. Like, the Mm. discipline that she taught me. um, My mom is somebody that is committed to whatever she's committed to, like, full-fledged. So, like, she's going to do what needs to be done. She'll go the extra mile. And, like, that rolled over into me. So, like, we gave our best at church. Yes. Whereas most people would just kind of, like... Yeah, be no, lackluster. This, this, we home, right? Exactly. Most of these people, my family or exactly. my cousins or the people that go to school with me, it's it don't really. Let's yep. just get by. Yeah, and that wasn't your approach or your mom. No, people need to listen. People need to understand the importance of that. Yeah, it's like, who are you, where you are, mm-hmm. because. That will determine where you go next. Yeah. It always will. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't matter if it's just a family church. No. If you aspire to do anything greater than this, you have to treat the small stage like the big stage. Yeah. I feel like um, people trust me and artists trust me the way they do because they see the fruit of what I do at home. Like. I was given a thousand percent at home. So, yes. you know, if I'm on the road with you, I'm not giving you less than that. Yes. Yes. If I do this at home. Yes. I'm going to do it on the road. Like so. And that's tested. That is proven. That's posted everywhere. to Absolutely. See. So, like, you know, I feel like if we say the things that we do for God are for God, 
then they should be at our best level. They should be, you know, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to do everything as unto the Lord anyway. So, like, that means that I should give it the best that I have. Absolutely. I should not. If I'm doing this for God, I shouldn't do it 50%. I shouldn't do it halfway. But people, I don't know what makes people feel like doing stuff halfway because you're at home is okay. Because it's like, how do you say God called me to this, but you lazy? Like, how do you say God called me to this, but you don't learn the songs? You don't learn the music. You don't show up on time. You don't care enough to, like, put effort into what you're doing. Yes. And if you won't do it at home, you won't do it. You're not going to do it. And if you think you will, it'll only last for a little bit because you don't have the stamina. Yes. You don't have the stamina. You don't have the character to maintain that high level of excellence because you have not done it for a prolonged period of time. Yes. It has to be who you are. Yep. Or you won't be able to do it for a long period of time. No, you won't. And it started for you at four years old. That's what's crazy. Yeah. So you're doing all of this stuff you're doing. Mm -hmm. And now we have to talk about the other simultaneous thing that's happening at the same time. Yes. This whole entire time. Mm -hmm. You're working on another album. Yes. That's literally the whole time. Literally the entire time that I am traveling. I am working on another album. Okay. (laughs) So I get with T-Ray. Shout out to T-Ray. My dog. (laughs) Yeah. So... Get with T-Ray and like the first song that we had ever worked on was um, Starting Over. Yes. And it was originally for another artist. You know, I know. Yeah. Like he sent me like he told me who the artist was. Mm-hmm. He sent me the song mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is fire because mm-hmm. you were singing the demo. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is pretty good. So y'all never had plans for it to be with, be for you because it was for somebody else. Exactly. We were on Skype. Yeah. Okay. This is 2014. Yes. 2014 on Skype, probably October. Yeah. And he was just like making a beat. Yeah. You know, he's making a beat or whatever. And I'm like listening to this. And um, he's like, yeah, you should write to this. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll help you write it. And he gives me a line. And it is. But the words were different. Oh, okay. He sang some different words. And so when I sang it back to him, he was like, I don't like them words. I don't like the words. No, 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 no. But the melody was But good. I was like, no, like, that is good. So yeah. if you want me to change it, I'll change it. Sure. So I changed it. I wrote that night. I wrote the verses, the first ver- the two verses in the chorus. And I sent it to him that night, but he was asleep by the yeah. time I sent it to him. And then the next day, he listened to it. And he sent me a message back and he was like, yeah, this is your song. <laughs> it has to be. He's like, it's, it's, it's it gotta has be your song. to be. And it's like, um, the song is amazing. Number Thank one. Thank you. Number two. So we're going to give them some background. Uh-huh. During this time, mm-hmm. I know that you're working on. Being a better songwriter mm-hmm. and recording yourself. These are two things that's like T-Ray would tell me like, yes. send me, st-. like he would even ask yes. me, he like, send me whatever you yes. got and I'm going to tell Jaleesa to write. I'm yes. like, cool. So we had this whole back and forth before we ever yep. seen each other. Before we ever <laughs> seen each other in the flesh, <laughs> yeah. we was working. Yeah. So it was this whole thing of back and forth. And then he tells me like that y'all are going to start working on the album. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. 
that it was going to take that long. <laughs> and I'm sure you didn't either. We did not. Neither one but of us did it. Just to give some context, we're all basically kids with dreams and aspirations and gifts. Mm-hmm. So none of us technically know what we're doing. Right. But we got each other. Yes. So we're just going to help each other, That's give exactly each other feedback. What it is. And we're just going to like mm-hmm. figure it out. As we're working. Yes. On other things. Yes. <laughs> Because, like, I'm traveling. He traveling with Flo Rida and everybody else. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was on the gospel scene. He on the yes. R&B and pop and stuff. So, like, we were doing all of that all yes. at the same time. Also serving at church. Yes. It's insane. Insanity. Crazy. Absolutely like, ridiculous. it was constantly always something. Mm-hmm. So, y'all do starting over. It's supposed to be for somebody else. You do. You write it. You mm-hmm. sing it. He like, this yours. Yep. So do we? Are we saying okay? Let's do an album, or is this just a song that's gonna be yours? It's just a song that's gonna be mine. And then we started working um, with Caleb. Shout out to Caleb. Yeah. Tracks, Chris White. We started working with him on different songs and stuff. And then we were like, oh, maybe we'll do an EP. Like okay, it started. You know, like an urban inspirational slash R&B type vibe. Yeah. You know, we had all that. So we were going to do an EP. And then um, we just, it didn't happen. And then we just started writing more songs. Yes. And then it was, that was when it turned into like, you know what? We should do an album. That was maybe, yeah, like mid-2015. Yes. Definitely around that time. Maybe um, closer to the end of the first quarter of 2015, I remember us having a conversation and it was just like, yeah, like, Let's do it. Right. Let's do it. And so that's when we started writing more songs. I was, you know, just writing stuff and sending it to him. He would come up with something musically and send it to me. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is good. Yes. Some of the songs that were even on the album, like, were not even originally for my album. Like, which, Fully Persuaded. Which smacks so hard. What was the What was that song for? It was really going to be a choir song. Right. Yeah, like... But did y'all know who the choir was going to be? Or y'all just like, let's make a choir song? It was going to be Miami Mass. <laughs> Facts. It was going to be Miami Mass. <laughs> and um, it the funny thing about Fully Persuaded is it started because I was on the phone with T-Ray. And he was... Something was going on with his Logic or something like that. Yeah. I think something was happening with that, either Logic or Pro Tools. And he was like, let me see. So he like just played something. <laughs> That was him testing the. Yep. That's with a, with some kind of sound, a different kind of sound, and I heard it, and I was like, he it was looping, but he was literally just testing it out. That's crazy. And he was like, okay, cool, I figured it out. I'm about to delete. I was like, don't delete it. I said, send that to me. Yeah. And you wrote fully persuaded off of that loop. Yep. That's crazy. <laughs> It's like, I'm fully persuaded. And he thought it was just like the most, he was like, you want me to send it to you? Why? Like, it's not even nothing. I was like, no, that is good. Send it to me. And that's how it happened. And then they took it and wrote the rest. Yes. And then like, didn't they record that at the church? We did actually. <laughs> we did actually do it. Kimberell was at um, Upper Room. Yeah, they were celebrating their church anniversary in March of 2016. I want to say. Yeah. And um, shout out to Coop, Mark Cooper, yeah. Bishop, Mark Cooper, First Lady Joy. Um, we he asked me to like open up 
like as one of the openers or whatever. So y'all like, her. let's just do fully persuaded. I was like, yeah, I want to do Lone Ranger and fully persuaded. We gotta talk about Lone Ranger too. Lone Ranger. So let's talk about it because you recorded okay. it two times. Yep. When did you record it the first time? The first time was for my EP with Mickey Platt Jr. So I was in. Uh, that was one of the times I was at school. Yeah. With nothing to do. And I'm a big Molly Music fan, so like the writing was inspired um, just by his writing style. And this was 2013. Yeah. And what was the it. inspiration behind that song? Um, how I was talking about, like, you know how I talked about when I used to be bullied as a kid yes. for being a good kid and stuff like that. Like, you know, it was at times it could be lonely. Yeah. Even in middle school and high school, like, I had friends, even my church, some of my church friends, like, you know, that were in the youth group. They, you know, we all love the Lord, but they a little more, you know, out there than I am. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, you know, I I just was not the one that was venturing out and doing all of the things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, you know, it could be lonely because people would say things that could really, like, hurt my feelings. But I was like. I don't care because I love the Lord. Yeah. And Jesus is my best friend anyway. So that's just kind of how that, yes. that song came about. So I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. So on the outside, mm -hmm. I love the Lord. Yeah. Jesus is my best friend. Mm -hmm. At the crib, how mm. are you handling these lonely days? Ooh, at the crib, most days were good. Some days would be like, dang, like, okay, I'm sort of like an outcast in a sense. And most people are considered an outcast when they do the bad things. Mm. And so for me to kind of like be the outcast or the loner or the, you know, the the one that's kind of like, you know, we kind of don't vibe with this person because I'm doing the right thing. It was really like confusing to me because I'm like, and I'm nice. So I'm like, yeah, y'all do whatever y'all do, but I'm still a friendly person. So like certain people would pick little fights with me um, even when I graduated high school and I was in college and got into the South Florida music scene and, you know, like all of that stuff, like it would be like sometimes I would feel like people would pick fights with me just for no reason, just because like I was good and I was young and I was friendly. I was nice. So people felt like they could do little things to like either walk over me or just like, you know, try to spread stuff that wasn't true. Mm. Like people felt like I thought I was all that and like I was better than everybody and I was arrogant. Like people thought a lot of stuff. I would hear stuff about me and I'd be like toe up, like crying. Like, why do people think this? Wow. Because it was just like, what? you know, it's not true. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know where people would get this from, but it, took those things to help me understand that a lot of that had to do with people having problems with their own self. Yeah, like when you're when you're gifted like you are. Somebody told me something one day like sometimes you doing well mm -hmm. is offensive to people who won't put in the work. Yep. So instead of them acknowledging that they won't put in the work yeah to be that yeah it's easier and it's more convenient yep to try to tear you down yes the truth is they are amazing yeah and i actually would like to be more like that mm -hmm. but i'm not disciplined enough to get that good yeah that's the that's real it <laughs> that's the truth and it hurts that to she's so it, yeah. good mm -hmm. the greatness in her 
reminds me of not of what I'm not willing to right. do. That's deep. It reminds me of what I'm not willing to do. Mm-hmm. And that pisses me off. Mm-hmm. So instead of just being like, all right, let me get on my stuff. It's right. just like, no, it's more convenient. And it's easier to just be like, you think you all that. Yeah. No, I am who I am. Yep. I have what I prayed for. Mm-hmm. I've obtained what I worked for. Yeah. The opportunities come from me doing what I got to do. Yeah. What are you talking about? It's work. It's work that is put into it. And I think sometimes people don't realize, like, you know how the Bible says, faith without works is dead. So, yeah. like, all of these things that I've done, I didn't just get by faith. I got by works. And Crap. these were works unto the Lord. Yes. But, like, you know, you can't just look at somebody and think, oh, like, why are they doing this? Why why can't I do this? Like, you don't know what that person had to do. You don't know how long their journey was. And you don't know what happens behind closed doors. Yes. You don't know the things that people struggle with to, to produce yes. the oil and the things that they produce because, like, it's just not seen. Everybody sees the glamour yes. and the fame of it all. But they don't really know, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff, you know. It it can be lonely. It can be difficult because just as a creative off-rip, you're already at risk of being misunderstood. Mm. And then when you're a leader, you also are at an even higher risk of being misunderstood. It's almost like, especially at a young age, it's like, you know, people will mistake certain things that you say and take it and run with it. They will not understand you. And so they will misinterpret a lot of things and use it against you. Like it's, it's so many things that people go through that y'all don't understand. And so like when you look at somebody and you envy them because of where they are, you have to kind of check yourself and remind yourself like something had to happen for them to get to this place. At the end of the day, I would need to be comfortable with myself more. And because I felt like in order for me to be my true self or in order for me to have a big impact on the world, I would need to be with a group of people that I know when that's not the case. I was kind of scared at first because I felt like I was going to miss them. My parents have told me many times that I have gifts and I need to use it. And like people wish they could do what I do. And I was like, mm, I don't want to do that. Since I was really young, I really like to speak and make people feel better in life. And it's just something I enjoy. Hi, this is Nay. And that was Nay's Place. If you want to catch more, search Nay's Place on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and RXS Entertainment YouTube channel. Oh, that's good. Like, it didn't just happen by osmosis. Absolutely. It didn't just, like, fall out of the sky in their lap. Like, there was work. There was sweat. Yes. There was blood. Yes. There were tears. Yes. That went into this dream. So, yeah, like, these are things that I prayed for, and these are things that I worked hard for. I've always proven myself in the instances that I had to, in the instances that I was given, the responsibilities that I've been given, I've proven myself in those responsibilities so I can be trusted with more. Absolutely. Faithful over the few things. You make it roll over me. Yeah, but you got to you gotta be faithful over, over the, the few. few. You can't drop the few. Yeah, sometimes the few is your home church with five people in it. Yep. That's the few. That's the few. And if that's where you're supposed to be and you handle it properly— you'll see the fruit from it. And sometimes the fruit don't always come in the way that you think it should. 
So, like, that's another thing, like, trusting the timing of everything that God has. Like, you think, okay, if I serve for two months straight, mm-hmm. then it's going to happen. <laughs> like You're looking at the clock. Yeah, like, and maybe for some people that might happen, but a lot of times that's not how it happens. It's a constant, like, you. it's a waiting thing. You have to wait, wait on the Lord. So, so speaking of timing, mm-hmm. you write starting over in 2015. Mm-hmm. Starting over, the single came out in what year? 2018. Hey, yo, I got to tell you a funny story <laughs> about, I don't even know if you know this, T-Ray, you're going to cry. Lord. So, T-Ray hits me like, I'm about to send you this link. Mm-hmm. I need you to make sure this mix and master straight mm-hmm. for starting over. I'm like, sure. Because that's just what we do. Yes. I listen to it. It sounds amazing. Okay. I give them the thumbs up. We good. Okay. Some time goes by. So mind you, let me give more context. The link has a time on it. Okay. So you can only download from this link. Yes. <laughs> for well, a certain amount of time. Okay. You guys, y'all following me? Okay. He sends me the link. I download the single. It sounds amazing. Some time goes by. <laughs> T-Ray hits me like, bro, you remember that time I sent you yeah. starting over so you can hear it? <laughs> yeah, man. Would you happen to have that on your computer? Oh, Lord, God. Y'all, Jamal done saved the day. The only reason y'all even heard it starting over is because he had it. Julissa! <laughs> Julissa! <laughs> oh, Oh Lord! <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes, Lord. I do, man. <laughs> he like, let me get that. We got to put that on the DSPs. Oh. <laughs> yo! Oh my God! Yo! Woo! Yo! That's classic, yo. It happens to the best of us. It happens to the best of us. That's what I heard. I had the master to starting over. In my computer. Y'all would have never heard it. <laughs> so, what year you say that was? That was 2018 when it came out. Okay. Yeah. Now let's fast forward. Fast forward. When did the album come out? Album came out this year, 2023, January. Which is what's crazy. So let me tell you, let me tell you what's crazy about that. Number one, by the time they see this episode, it's gonna be 2024. It's gonna be 2024. <laughs> but now. You put out, you wrote the song in 2015. Yeah. You put it out in 2018. Mm-hmm. The album came out January 1st, 2023. January 10th. 10th. Mm-hmm. January 10th, 2023. My birthday. Yes. All right. First of all, there's a lot of layers to this mm-hmm. that is going to get us to Jaleesa today. Okay. So I need y'all to follow me for yes. a second. Number one. Hold on. Number one. The song, I'm sure at the time that you wrote it, I don't know where your mind was, Mm -hmm. but the song is a very, is, and I knew, Mm -hmm. was a very prophetic song for for you. Mm -hmm. You and I had not talked, Mm -hmm. but I was connected enough to feel what I felt when Mm -hmm. I heard that song. I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I don't even know if she's aware. Was of what not. of 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 what this song is going to mean to her. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, I'm listening. I'm like, this your real life. I don't know if you know this your real life or not, but every single word is your real life. So you put the single out, working on the album, everything's still good. You're doing the gigs, you're in Florida, everything good. Mm -hmm. Now, the album drops on January 10th. Mm -hmm. Your life is changing. Drastically. At this time. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Where you are literally. Mm Mm-hmm. Starting over. Literally. Like, did it ever cross your mind that the uh, the single being the first song you wrote for the album, mm-hmm. the lyrics of the song, mm-hmm. the beginning of a new year, mm-hmm. and, the, and your transition, did it ever occur to you that they were all connected? Honestly, from the beginning, like from the single, when I first wrote it, I didn't I didn't know the connection at all because I do feel like something another gift that I have is to like speak for other people. So like this was kind of like, a okay, like this is a really great message. It's not necessarily applicable to me at the time, but cool. Yeah, it could be for other people. Right. Yes. So. When it really started hitting um, was probably later on in that year after it was written because I started going through transitions and like friendships and like, Mm. you know, losing friends and different things like that. And so that was because friendship is a big part of my life. Yes. It's like, okay, this is like a new literal new beginning for me. Yes. And and to give context to that again, Mm -hmm. Jaleesa is a very loving family, friends vibes love yeah good energy yeah she's that type of person if she your friend she your friend until you don't want to be her friend no more <laughs> that's literally how it works <laughs> yeah <laughs> until you don't want to be my friend no more and then that's it <laughs> i guess we done yo, 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 yo. Yo. it's so terrible <laughs> yeah so for you for you to go through friends changing, mm-hmm. I know is devastating for you mm-hmm. because it's a life shift when yeah. people shift for sure because of your heart, yeah, and your loyalty mm-hmm. and like the connection, yes, and everything, yeah, yeah. So that was like when it started hitting and clicking, but then getting closer to like twenty twenty three was really like stuff was really changing like as far as just living in Florida and how I felt about like where I was at the time it was just like okay do you are you okay with sharing how you felt at the time um yeah a little bit all right let's go a little bit so so like something that I talked to Mark McClary Jr amazing drummer shout out to him he was the drummer at my home church Mm -hmm. when I was a kid all the way through till he graduated high school. Um, And something that he told me, because this was probably back in February of 2023, we were in the UK with William McDowell and he, we were sitting in the lobby waiting to leave to go to the venue for the um, event. And he says to me, he said, so when you leaving, I had never talked to him about moving. Never. Okay. But he just knew. And I was like, you know, I'm thinking about like, I think I'm gonna be moving in the summertime. Um, And he was like, yeah, he was like, I can tell like, it's time. It's been time. Like, been time. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, he said, one of the things that 
is a signal to him of when it's time to transition is when he is the only one that is kind of like frustrated and like literally everything is frustrating him and like nobody else really cares that much. <laughs> Interesting. And I was like, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like, it was kind of that season where it was just like, everything was just like, mm. like on all fronts. So it was just like, okay, like. I got to, you know, but I had already been visiting here, um, visiting North Carolina um, at World Overcomers Christian Church. I would come out. Shout out. Shout, shout out. out shout out. WOCC. Gang. Gang, gang. <laughs> so um, I was coming here maybe like once a month mm-hmm. um, throughout 2023 um, and just, you know, or 2020 from 2022 on. Yes. Like mid 2022 on. I was coming like once a month. And I was really like, I had a community built really here already. Um, Shout out to my worship pastor, my music pastor, Joshua Sissel, Johnny White. Yo, amazing, Uh, extremely gifted people. Amazing. (laughs) And shout out to World Worship. Um, But yeah, like I had already built friendships, relationships here. Um, The members of the church, like they started to know me, you know, the more that I came and I could feel you know, that sense of home here. Like mm-hmm. I would come here and be so sad when I would go back to Florida. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't because like, oh, I didn't love my people and I didn't love my family. I didn't love my home church. It wasn't that. It was just that times were shifting and changing and I could feel that. Um, and so, you know, when you kind of feel that, that tug of change stuff is just, it starts getting really frustrating. And yes. Agitating. So, yes. That's um, an amazing word. I like that. Yeah. Agitating. So, <laughs> so like that, that was kind of the thing that was happening and I was realizing like, okay, this is like a crossroads. Like you're basically at a crossroads and the, the, the two options that you have are to stay and kind of like be in the same place um, all across the board, not just in one particular area, um, or you move and you move forward, you know. And so, so mm-hmm. when you say same place, mm-hmm. explain the layers of same place. Same place um, was kind of like doing the same thing, you know. And I was living with my mom, so and it wasn't that like I love my mom, but living with my mom. As an adult, an adult, adult. Like, a yeah. It's a lot. Yes. It becomes a lot, right? So on that front, it was a lot. Like, even as far as, like, you know, serving in ministry, that serving was never a lot for me. But it's kind of like, you know how when you... It's like you feel like you're 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 continuing to like try to move forward, but you feel like you're pressing against a brick wall in a certain instance. Yes. It kind of felt like that, like almost like I had gone as far as I could go. Yes. And it's like almost like like the hamster wheel thing. Yeah. It's like you can literally be putting all your energy into mm-hmm. and you could be running really fast. Mm-hmm. But you want to have to just go. And it was and it it wasn't even like everything was so terrible. Like it, it's not even that stuff had to be bad. It's just like, you know, for your own, you know, your own personal convictions, you know, like, OK, I feel like this is as far as I could go. Yes. So, you know, we I had those instances and just like with other things in South Florida, it was like it wasn't really much else. I yes. felt Um 
for me to really do as far as moving forward was concerned. And so coming here, visiting here really showed me like the things that it showed me what moving forward looked like. Yes. Um, And so when I finally like made the decision, like, okay, yeah, I'm moving when it was like so many things were being confirmed every time Mm -hmm. before I even moved. It was just like, this is, this is insane. So when Mark McClary Jr. said that to me, and he was like, when you leaving? I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. He was like, yeah, no, it's it's been time. Like, it's been time. So let's talk about that, too. Mm-hmm. Because, because of the type of person you are, yeah. I'm very sure mm-hmm. that you stayed after you knew, like, Asha, it's probably time. But let me make sure. I think what happened was I realized that I stayed a little longer than I should have after the fact. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, God does all things well. So it is what it is. Um, But, yeah, like, I do feel like I didn't really think that it was too late or too long or whatever until after the fact. Wow. Yeah. And some a uh, good perspective that Josh gave me even about that was just like, you know, when you move out of the way, when you take your step, your next step, you are creating room for the next person to grow in their space. Because the longer you stay is the longer somebody else doesn't get the chance <clears throat> to really grow into, you know, their next. And when you thank you, Josh, number one, because. Okay. It is a healthy perspective. For sure. Um, that uh I don't know the word to use, but it's a healthy perspective that keeps things moving forward. Mm-hmm. Because progressive. Yes. For example, this this didn't really happen. But say for example, there's a young girl who just graduated high school mm-hmm. at your home church. Mm-hmm. She's looking for what's next for her. Yep. And it could be her doing yep. what you were doing. And it's the beginning for her yep. and the end for you. Yep. So you moving out of the way helps you move forward mm-hmm. and it helps her move forward. Yep. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It does not. It doesn't. And that's and I was so adamant. I was making sure that I was very adamant about when I moved, letting people know that I wasn't moving because of a scandal, something happened to me, somebody made me mad, like, because that's typically what happens in the thing in church. Yeah. Like, you know, when people leave, it's always got to be, oh, something happened. Who did what? It wasn't that. It was literally a nudge from the Lord. Like, all right, it's time to move. It's time to move. Because I was never thinking about leaving. Yeah. Never. So you wouldn't, it never crossed your mind, but you got to a place in your life where you had this feeling. And yeah. you're like, okay. Yep. Whoa. Yep. Cause I you can And you would have never left if you didn't have that no. feeling. Oh. Everybody, anybody that knows me, even people on the road that know me, were literally the same thing. They were like, girl. I'm surprised you left that church. Like you wow. were, you were not leaving that church. I love my home church, yes. Redeemer Word Christian Center. Shout out, shout yeah, out, Pastor man. Ed, Pastor Lonnie, Pastor Jarrell, Bonita, and Mark McClary Senior. Yeah, 
all my leaders. They taught me like I I learned everything that I yes. know. Yes. You know what I'm saying? The yes. foundation of everything that I knew was learned at home. Yes. Leading worship, all the stuff that I be posting now that people be so hype about. Like I learned that at home. Yeah, man. So I'm never like I'm never downing home like that's just you know and that's why I can say like yeah it wasn't nothing bad it wasn't no scandal it wasn't no no uh mess yeah it wasn't no drama no it wasn't no drama it was literally a move of the Lord like all right cool go ahead it's time to go so you make the decision Mm -hmm. for North Carolina to be your new home Mm -hmm. was it hard for you to do that Not really, because like I said, when I was coming here like once a month, it was really helping me build even more of those connections. And so um, I felt home here every time I visited. It felt like home. So it was like, okay, like if I move here, like I know I'm going to be straight. Like, mm-hmm. I know I'm going to be good. I'm going to be mm-hmm. taken care of. Like, it's not going to be no issues. That was something that I had faith for, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, it was just, that's just, it just, what it's what happened. It was almost like it was meant to be, to be completely honest. To be completely it's, it's honest. It's insane how it happened. hmm And for you to be here now, first of all, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I've always been proud of you. And I'm happy for you because, um. I can tell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can, it's like, for those of you have, that have ever had to transition from one place to another, it's never just geographical. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's never just mm-hmm. geographical. Sometimes moving, you think different. For sure. <laughs> Like, it's like whoa I, yeah i'm have i'm i'm creative in a way that i didn't ever think i would be again mm-hmm. from just moving for sure indeed i'm able to hear god again yep. from just moving mm-hmm. like what in the world yeah did you have any type of experience outside of just the location that let you know like yo i'm in a different space yeah it was just like um I had a lot of like relational changes as well. So it was like, you know, in the season of transition, it was me leaving home, but it was also a part of me going back home relationally because I was reaching back out to people that I had stopped talking to Mm. or like being friends with because just being in a different space now, it just transition really opens your eyes it really opens your eyes it really makes you like you said it makes you think differently it makes you see things differently and so it was it was a exchange happening as I moved um but yeah like the relational changes even just the way that I view myself as a worker you know what I'm saying like my work ethic and just like how I do things how I see things now it's a lot different like I'm I was just talking to somebody yesterday about how you know I'm starting to get like these I'm starting to dream a little bit again Mm. um, when it comes to like different musical things or just like you know just doing even the little covers that I want to do with keyboard players and stuff like that idea I just I posted with Bart or um, not too long ago like that idea I had years ago. Yeah. And like I finally was like, oh, let's do it. 
you know, and I just did it. And I, I got another one coming with um, David Minus Jr. Shout out to him. Yeah. Um, And so, like, these are things that, like, are starting to come back now. Yeah. After, like, this whole period of transition. Like, I just, is a freedom here that, like, I haven't felt in a while. Yes. And so, like, it's, it's definitely, it makes you see things. It makes you dream different. It makes you hear different a lot clearer yes you can hear god a lot clearer when you follow him and you transition as tough as transition may be it it makes things on the other end a lot easier Mm -hmm. so the last thing i want to talk to you about that we did not talk about yet Mm -hmm. is i want to talk i want to answer it i mean i want to ask two things okay what does it mean to be a worship leader objectively? Mm-hmm. And then what does it mean to you, for you mm-hmm. to be a worship leader? So um, the objective um, is also kind of, it ca- kind of falls into the answer of what it is for me too, because I'm a person that goes by the, you know, yeah. not by the book, but definitely like, if this is the purpose of a thing, this is what it is. So um, I feel like the objective of a worship leader, and I talk about this a lot with my clients, is to create that or to spearhead the creation of a safe space for people to feel free to worship the Lord, right? We are supposed to be pointing people to Jesus. We're supposed to be directing them to him and not to ourselves. So my goal is, is to make sure that in everything that I do in this period of me being a worship leader is that I point you to him. And it's great that I sound good. You should sound good if you're going to be a part of the music ministry anyway. Um, (laughs) Facts on facts on facts. So, like, it's great that I sound good, but I don't want the takeaway to be, oh, she just sounded good. I want the takeaway to be like, wow, the Lord was present. Like she sounded good and the Lord's hand is on her. She sounded good and the Lord moved through her and touched me. Like my heart was drawn closer to God through her voice or through something that she said. Um, that is the objective for me personally. I want people to feel closer to God when they hear me or when I lead them. Do you teach this stuff? Yeah. Talk about that. So I am a coach, a vocal coach, and I coach worship leaders also. So I have my own coaching business, Find Your Voice Coaching Services. And um, so right now I've been more so concentrated on coaching worship leaders. It's just a big part of me. So that's why I've always had a passion for that. Um, And I've always, you know, told like I've been making speeches about it to, you know, music ministries forever. So, um, yeah, I do coach worship leaders for sure and I teach them these things we talk about the spiritual aspect and we also work on the vocal aspect as well like okay how they're both equally important right yes yes like you got to have the right heart first and foremost and then after that you got to make sure your art is straight because what's the point of having a music ministry a separate music ministry if none of us are good so you said the heart Mm-hmm. The and heart, the art and the art that's fire Jaleesa. yeah what I do is like I spell it heart and I capitalize the A oh that's good you can't spell heart without art and if your art doesn't start with he H-E then is it really is your heart really in it at all that's the whole that's the whole thing that's fire 
Yeah, man. And it's real and it's true. Yeah. And it is um it's needed. You are necessary. I'm just doing my level best. And it is impacting people's lives, yo. Yeah, man. I'm grateful. Like seriously. I'm so grateful. Like what you have inside of you is insane. <laughs> It's crazy, like, it's crazy. So it's like, to hear your story Mm -hmm. and to hear where you come from and to know where you are now, Yeah, you deserve it all. Thank you. I didn't even finish my Ty Tribbett story. That's funny. I just realized that. You want to finish your Ty Tribbett story right now? I can, real quick. Please do. Okay, so I did the worship and I sang with him at the Impact Night in 2017. Yeah, he reached out in 2019. We were at a, I was at a show with James Fortune. Yeah, um, I met Dedrick Haddon that night. Dedrick put me up on stage that night. Ty was also on a ticket that night, and I didn't get to speak to him, but I posted. And he responded and was like, hey, like, you know, what's your information? Like, I got some stuff coming up that I might want you to be a part of. Yeah. So that was 2019. 2021. Yeah. Right? Two years later. Yeah. Um, I think he reaches back out again, asks again, and I gave him um, my number and my email. And then I get a text maybe February. Yeah. From, well, I get a call first from Kelvin, the manager, and I didn't know the number, and I was in the middle of coaching a session virtually. Yeah. And then he sends me a text like, hey, this is Kelvin, Ty's manager. Da, 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 give me a call. And I was like, give me one second. <laughs> you told me. <laughs> you t- Yo, I'll be right back. Because if you think that I'm finna just let this text message sit and not call this man back right away, <laughs> please. Yeah. So I talked to Kelvin, and that was when, you know, the opportunity presented itself to, for me to sing background with Ty Tribbett, I sang. And then you do a tour? I did the tour, yep. I did the All Things New tour. I started singing with Ty in April 2021. Um, and then we recorded the first All Things New album in Orlando in June 2021. That's crazy. I found out the song that I was leading on the day before we recorded it. So that's another feature? Another feature. Another feature on All Things New, All Things New, first uh, All Things New, and then um, traveling some more with him. April twenty, uh, March twenty twenty two comes around, or no, July twenty twenty two comes around, and All Things New album drops. Yeah, we do the album release concert that is recorded. Again, the same thing happened the again. Same thing again. <laughs> and I think they knew. I think they were aiming more towards like this also being released. Yeah. Um. So this was a little bit more of a planned thing. But yeah, another feature again. Oh All things goodness. new live in Orlando drops in March of 2023. That's uh, insane. Along with Kiera Sheard's uh uh album that dropped on the same day as All Things New Live in Orlando that I sang background on in 2021. Okay, so how did that happen? See, yo, this is crazy. I forgot about that. So I met um I met Kiki's cousin, Mark J. Shout out to Mark J. Okay. Um, in 2018. Um, he sang with us with Jonathan in Detroit. He's from Detroit. So I met him then, and then we did, you know, a couple of other things with Jonathan together as well. And um 
Kiki was doing a live record and he called me and he was like, hey, Kiki about to do a live record. Like, you know, we want you to sing, da, 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 whatever, whatever. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. And yeah. And then he passed my number on and I got with, I got um, in touch with Jay Drew, talked to Jay Drew. And yeah. He, and they were like already like very familiar with me because of Upper yes. Room, the stuff that I did with Upper Room yes. during the pandemic. Yo, so, you was going crazy. I love them. Yo, upper she was going crazy with the upper room during the pandemic. Miami home. Gosh. Yeah. So like that was that was a thing. That was another thing that was just kind of like attributed just to me serving and it like, you know, opening doors for me really. Yes. And so yeah, that was that was that was a thing. I I did that. He hit me up. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll do it. I had two shows, two days in a row with Ty. And then I went to Detroit because I had to sing with Jonathan Nelson that Sunday morning. And then that Monday, I stayed in Detroit for the rest of the week because I had to work um, for the live recording and our song. You've done so much in so little time. The grace of God. I'm telling you. It's crazy. (laughs) But then... It's not crazy. Right. Right. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's not. It's it's like, dang. But then it's like, well, no, that makes it sense. It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yo, so like, let's make pretend mm-hmm. there's a young girl. Mm-hmm. She may be in like, let's say she in fifth or sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And her dreams are very similar to yours. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that girl? Oh, I would say keep working. Like, believe in God and believe in yourself. Believe that he has given you all of the tools that you need to be who he has called you to be. Don't let nobody play you. Don't let nobody talk you out of the dreams that you have. Don't let anybody make you feel like you're not good enough. Um, And just keep working. Like, keep that discipline up. Keep that discipline up. Always be teachable. Always be a student. Don't be a know-it-all, okay? Because I'm not a know-it-all. Even with all of the things that I've learned, I don't know it all. Um, so don't be a know-it-all. Always be teachable and just put that work in. Put that work in to be the very best. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yo, this was fun. Yes. We got to do it again. <laughs> um, um, I appreciate you being transparent and telling your story. Of course. And I am very sure that it's going to inspire people because it inspired me. Preferably, yes. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Y'all, this has been another episode of the RXS yes. podcast with Jaleesa Faye. We out. See, we out. Peace.